0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Vergola, a unique oyster bar and Italian wine bar founded in New York City. For more information, visit vergolausa.com.
1: Welcome to Love Bites, coming to you live with the sweet and sour sides of dating in the food world. Today is Monday, February 8th. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Orpozo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34 straight and single.
2: And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am an actor, writer, musician, and occasional bartender and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 33 straight And single.
1: And single. Um, So, Venny, this is a special show for us. This is our first Valentine's Day show.
2: And we're alone in the studio today. And naked. And naked. No, we're not (laughs) naked.
1: No, we're not naked. Um, But we are alone in the studio today. It's going to be a very fun show. We get to talk a lot today. And we're starting out by drinking a delicious bottle of red wine we're being so romantic right now, aren't we?
2: I know we have like our arms linked and like, we do, nope.
1: and we're like, yeah. Um, all right, take a sip while I talk about <laughs> Did you, it.
2: Were you about to say we're spooning?
1: I was going to say we're spooning. Uh-oh. We're spooning. It's a nice, um, so take it. Nice take a sip and get ready to tell us what you think while I talk about it. We are dr- we are drinking the Dreaming Trees California Crush. It's uh, suggested retail is fifteen dollars. It's from a California-based vineyard owned by Dave Matthews. Who also has Blenheim in Virginia that I've been to before, which is a beautiful vineyard. So it's owned by uh, Dreaming Trees, owned by Dave Matthews and winemaker Sean McKenzie. And so this is their blend. It's got a bunch of Merlot and then some some t- Petite Sirah and Syrah and Zinfandel. Little Cab. Little. No, it didn't say Cab. Did it say Cab? Uh, yeah, I thought you said. No, I don't nope, think I said Cab. Nope, nope. All right, I'm nope. making
2: things up. But, I've had too many glasses already. And <laughs> so I'm what do you think up of what's it? In there. It's very fruity. Yeah, lot it's very of juicy. Berries and.
1: It's a very juicy wine. Very soft tannins to it. Yeah. And it's a pretty simple red wine. It's a very it's a very easy drinkable red it's one. It's going I think.
2: down smooth.
1: Yeah. And it's very exciting to me being the hippie dork over here because the bottle the bottle's cork is natural and recyclable, you are and such the a label. Dwarf. No, but this is exciting. The label is it's made with. Exciting, okay, it, it is. might be like
2: nice and like a cool I thing that they're doing exci- for the environment, but like exciting. I'm
1: not done. So the bottle's <laughs> label is made with 100% recycled paper, and the bottles are a quarter pound lighter than most bottles. It's better for the environment. I'm so
2: jazzed up about that right and now, and it's got a
1: beautiful tree on the label, and eventually I'm going to get my my white tree tattooed on my arm i have a huge hippie thing for trees i hug them a lot it's a beautiful beautiful bottle of a very lovely red blend you can find if it you want
2: to date jacqueline and get a lot of love and affection from her just turn into a tree basically the trees get more. trees get a lot of
1: action in my backyard uh, you can find more information at www.dreamingtreewines.com this is their crush blend um, so yeah, that's what we're drinking today. So, so, all right, so here's our show today. We've got a very big show. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but we're going to spend our chunk of time talking about the hard questions that maybe couples should be asking themselves before they get hitched.
2: So say the experts anyway, so say
1: the experts, yeah, we're we're basing this. So basically, when we were thinking about what we wanted to do today, we thought about potentially doing the thirty six questions. You can ask anybody to fall in love with them, which the New York Times wrote about.
2: But then we were like, if Jacqueline falls in love with me, it might get weird. If Ben falls in love with
1: me and it's the whole unrequited thing we were talking about last week, it would make (laughs) the show really awkward. So in preservation of the show, we decided instead to nose around the New York Times. And we found two different articles um, that we're just going to sort of focus on today. One was from 2012, and it's called I Love You, Now the Difficult Stuff. And it's uh, basically all these experts weighing in against each other about questions you should talk about before you get married. And it boils down into four sections. Kids, how far will you go to have them? So for people who are going to have fertility issues, how much money you're going to spend, how hard you're going to try, um, and then what you're going to do if they're not healthy. How would both of you take a child who has health Risks. That's one.
2: We basically just cross those ones off because, because we don't want children. Want yeah. <laughs> so,
1: uh, so some of the questions they ask, yeah, are just completely uh, inapplicable to us. But Ben, like you tell people you don't want children. Is that something that's pretty obvious for you?
2: Um, well, I mean, like we've talked about in the past on the show, I'm like. I'm luckily as a guy, I get to still be undecided about that for a few Mm. more, for many years. But you are,
1: you are Um, really undecided.
2: I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty certain at this point that I don't, but like, I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years and maybe I will. So I'm, yes, I'm, I'm agnostic towards um, (laughs) having children. Children.
1: Well, I know I do not want children. So a lot of the questions that we're going to talk, that we could talk about today are, have no relevance for me because of that. So anyway, kids. So the second is sex. What would we do to communicate if one, if one or both of us were not pleased, and what would we do to make it better? So that's another big sort of question of theirs. That's
2: another one, and you're not going to have sex ever in your life, so we're we're not going to talk about this. I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm a nun. I'm a nun. just in case my family is listening. Uh, number three, finances. Uh, if, have you talked about your credit history, about mistakes you've made in the past or about if you're going to have shared finances, what are shared things versus your own spending? That's a, it's a hard thing that people should be, should be, should talk about if you're going to be joining your lives, having a mortgage, having whatever together. And the last is sort of divorce. Um, if somebody has had a divorce already in a relationship, can you ask, uh, the experts are a little bit divided on this but it sort of boils down to at least asking what went wrong in your last marriage and if you want to get as specific as like show me the report from your divorce settlement you know what went wrong and what were the remunerations for it <laughs> like you know how much did you have to pay whoever was the wrong one like how much should they have to pay because that gives you insight to how much that person values the relationship i, I feel
2: like if i were had Gotten divorced, and then I was entering into a new relationship, and someone asked me to see the report from my <laughs> divorce proceedings. That that would probably weird me out a little. Well,
1: bit. Well, yeah, and so that and so the experts were sort of divided in general about um, just making sure that it doesn't become too businesslike, because you know they'd said as far as as far as like prenups, a prenup does not guarantee that you're going to have a better, su- a more successful outcome, but either in your marriage or in your divorce necessarily, yeah, things will be easier, a little bit more black and white. But having a prenup actually doesn't affect much, other than that. Um, but anyway, so those are the four. Those are the four sort of major points that we're gonna we're gonna dig into a little bit. But those are from I Love You Now, the difficult stuff from 2012. But even before that, the Times did a piece about uh, questions couples sh- couples should ask or wish they had before marrying. So there are 15 questions to that. Some are not completely applicable to either of us, but let's each take our favorite and then talk about that. But before we get there, Ben. All right, both of us are single right now. Both of us do have aspirations to eventually get hitched one day. To you, what do you want... To you, what is marriage? What will your marriage be? Well,
2: to me, uh, uh, the ideal relationship, which would extend into marriage, is one where both partners um, are very clear about what they want from the other person, what their needs are both what their needs are in general and are very clear with the person in relationship what those needs are and the relationship is a place where those needs can either be met or there's room outside of the relationship for, for whatever needs are not being met in the relationship to be met outside of the relationship
1: interesting would that extend for you regarding like sexual things too does that mean you're you're in you're open to an open relationship i'm or? open to
2: it it's not my ideal situation i don't think um and i certainly don't think i would go into a relationship being like all right let's have an open relationship but i think over time if the sexual component got to a place where we weren't able to find a way to have that need met in the relationship that i would be open to exploring ways of having that met for both of us outside of the relationship which
1: could potentially mean outside interesting okay all right that's a very good way to to look at marriage how Um, about you I think when I think about what I want my marriage to be, it's pretty simple. It's I want to, if we choose to get married, that to me means that we are choosing each other versus everything else. Which means that to me, I don't know. I grew I grew up with the idea or with the conflicted idea in my family of you don't talk about the marriage outside of the marriage necessarily. Like if you're having a shitty day, you don't go and rag about your spouse. You sort of let the problem be there. And it is you first, I guess it's not like, it's not you and me always, but it's you and me first. So that means if I walk, if we're at a cocktail party and I walk up and somebody's ragging you about something, I'm immediately on your side in general. If I have to choose between you and something else, I choose you. And that doesn't mean that's not an over across the board wash. It's if something is valuable to you, then I should lean towards you first before anything else, before parents, before siblings. Like we are committing to being you and me against the world, which is a line in one of our favorite Robbie, Robbie Gill songs.
2: What do you, (laughs) what do you do in an instance where there are, where each, where both people have in the relationship, have something of equal value that they want? Like who is the one who decides like who is chosen?
1: I have no idea, but it's, but it, but everything at least starts from you and me first and everybody else next. You know, and, and sometimes that means if I'm choosing you, it means choosing what you want versus what I want. You know, it depends. To me, it's very fluid, but it's S- that you and I are choosing to be each other's first person. That so you are my person. Your
2: marriage then for you in your life, your future marriage will be the number one priority in your life.
1: Including preserving both myself and the other person as individuals. Yes, it will be the, the most important relationship in my life. And to me, that's a big thing to commit to. But that's what it will take for me to commit. So that to me is what marriage is Beautiful. for me. For me. Okay, so now going on to these questions from 15 questions couples should ask or wish they had before marrying. What is your favorite question of the 15? Let's just start with our favorites and we'll see what There's we can There's a lot of after.
2: really good ones that cover different aspects of there relationships are. that I am really drawn to. I think the one that. Which, by
1: the way, listeners, these are all on our website on lovebitesradio.com. If you want to just see all 15 and links to these pieces, they're already there. Just to let you know.
2: I think the one that sticks out to me the most. Um, as far as like what could spark an interesting conversation is number fifteen, the final one, uh, which is this: Does each of us feel fully confident in the other's commitment to the marriage and believe that the bond can survive whatever challenges we may face?
1: That makes sense to me as your choice because you Why? <laughs> <laughs> well because you and I have talked about especially in our off-air conversations about Sarah Eccles. It's not you, the book that we. This was our first of the season, our first show of the it season. Was? Um, you had said, well, anybody can really be in a relationship if, like, all that it takes to be in a relationship is two people choosing to be in a relationship, which is a good point. That, like, as long as you're choosing and committed to it, then
2: I mean, that's the, you said that's kind of in a, in slightly different words. You almost just kind of said that that's what defines your marriage for you. A marriage, c- oh yeah, certain it's way. choosing
1: to be like we are. We're in this, yeah. So that's so. That's, so why is the question interesting to you?
2: Though? Um, it's interesting because. People are so complex and people have different needs. Um, and um, again, yes, I agree. I think the most important thing, the foundation of a relationship is the commitment. Um, and anything could happen. Um, people change in so many various different ways. And ultimately it comes down to, am I willing to still commit to this other person? Um, so I think that is ultimately like the most important piece of a relationship staying together. Mm. Um but that said, people have different needs and people are drawn and attracted to different things and sometimes i think like um if a, rela- a relationship someone can feel overbared, overbared, overburdened, overburdened or like that like mm. someone else is on them or like if, so- if their partner is overbearing. Gotcha. Um and that like sometimes space is also Required.
1: Right. We talked about that with Diana as far as like taking space while you're in the relationship with Diana Gasparoni for our Why We Didn't Work series about taking space within the relationship to work on yourselves and then coming back together in the relationship. But it's still an overall commitment to the relationship. Yes. Right.
2: So I just think it's interesting that like there are a commitment to a relationship doesn't necessarily mean acting in any particular way within it um but just that decision to remain committed is
1: i feel like this is a really all right so the the wording does each of us feel fully confident in the other's commitment to the marriage that's a hard that's that's really like when you're when you're planning on marrying somebody you have to look them in the eye and be like do you really believe that we are going to do this together You could never know you can never know, but I wonder if, especially because we, because these are questions that we've debated already off air, are these things that you ask before getting engaged versus things you ask when you're engaged and thinking about getting married? Like, these are, these are things, I mean, like, that's a big deal. Like, do you really think that we can do this? Well,
2: plus, I, I think, like, there's also the other aspect of, like, if I'm so fully confident that you will never break your commitment to me, that means I can behave however I want, and not risk losing this thing that's really important. So, like, there's this also this kind of, like, trap to, like, knowing that, like, I've got you no matter what. You know well, what I mean? I, mean I, guess
1: like, you, I I can see how you could look at it that way. I don't—I wouldn't quite equate those things necessarily on an equal level of, like, all right, if I know this person's never going to leave me, because, A, you never know that somebody— you can never be 100% sure that somebody is not going to leave you, um, unless there are extenuating circumstances. Let's talk about people on two generally equal planes— but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're guaranteeing that neither of you are going to abuse that. It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want because this person's not going to leave me. You know, um I don't think that's quite the same thing.
2: I mean, it's just it's just a possibility in a situation it where is. you are have 100%. But hopefully this question
1: opens up to more conversations about what that means.
2: Yes. And and again, commitment to the marriage right. is different than commitment to like, yeah, I'm committed to you. But if you're not committed to the marriage. Right. You know, it's it's it requires both people being. Right. Fully so I think committed. it's a good question
1: for that. Are we both fully committed to this?
2: And w- committed to what?
1: What are we committed to? Yeah. I think that's a better wording of the question in general. Not to correct the New York Times or anything, but
2: <laughs> those experts don't know shit. Right. What's your favorite question?
1: Uh, mine is number 13. Are there some things that you and I are not prepared to give up? in the marriage. Um, Cause to me, I, I was trying to think about like what I'm not prepared to give up. And other than the whole, like not having kids, which we've talked about, even I sort of wavered on for one gentleman that I dated, but in general, I'm pretty I'm like 95% sure that that is not going to happen for me. Or if it does, maybe it's adopting kids who are already older and being more of like a mentor to a kid. Um, I think being a parent is the only thing that I'm, like sure that I do not want. And so I don't want to date or commit to someone who definitely wants kids. You
2: don't want to give up not having a kid. Essentially. Exactly.
1: I don't want to give up not having a kid. But i was trying to think of what else I would not give up. But and I think this question sort of blends into other questions um, on on this list of 15, including like if one of us gets a job somewhere Will the other one go? You know, like uh, that to me is a similar type of question.
2: Well, it's that's one of the things that people would potentially give up career opportunity,
1: right? Like, well, yeah, if if and it was in relation to like if it's far from our families, like so if one of us gets an amazing job across the country, would we go or not? I feel like it sort of bleeds into this question, but I don't think for me, honestly, like I was trying to think about what what I would. Well, here's have a question.
2: Here's a question. What if your partner got in an irrevocable Fight, dispute, disagreement with one of your parents, and could not coexist. with That them. is a
1: really hard question, and that I think plays into a different one on the list too. About like you know, what am I? What does my family do that annoys you? I think that's honest, and that there's also one quite like one of the things that I'd written down of what I would not give up are my friendship with my exes. Like I like we've talked about on the show before. Like I'm friends with with most of the men that I've dated, but to me it plays more, less about that about the the black and white question of like, I will not be friends with your exes versus the kind of person that I would be with. And I feel like that's the same thing with the kind of person that I would commit to marrying. I'm very close with my family. My family, our relationships are fluid. They are not black and white. Like I'm closer with some of them. And then we, and then something happens and we sort of, you know, we, we get a little less close and then we get closer again, but they're, they're, they're so important in my life. So, so, so as far as the relationships in my life, that's a good question of would I be willing to let go of them? And I, that's a harder thing to sort of figure out because I would not expect to be in a relationship with somebody who would also not value relationships and their fluidity and letting go of your ego or your pride enough to have a conversation, you know?
2: I do. And it actually brings me to the next part of our conversation, which was... Um, we had asked each other what are two questions that aren't on this list of 15 right. that we would ask that are important for us. Right. And my question was at what point in a relationship, what are we willing to endure um, in a relationship before we decide that maybe it's time for divorce? And which is a, obviously a kind of dark and bleak question to be asking before the marriage begins. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's a question that. Bears asking, I think, and so the question is then like, I mean, anything can happen, right? People change, and so I,
1: I think one thing that you and I have talked about a lot on the show, and then also in our conversations about this, are communication in general. Like, could you date? Could you commit to marrying somebody who is not at least open to communicating about these hard issues? All of the questions on both of these lists from these articles are either businesslike or a little bit more, you know, rhetorical for deeper issues. But can you have a good conversation with your partner about these things? Can you have them and listen to each other honestly and not judge each other and think about what the other person is saying and move forward? So, like, in response to, to your question, which I think is a great question, like, how bad does it have to get before we say we can't do it anymore? I would think that if either of us, the kind of person we're going to commit to, I would assume is open communicatively like they're very like they're gonna have to be able to be at least in touch enough with what they're thinking to communicate it right
2: absolutely and i think it's interesting because like i think even just asking these questions and being able to have a conversation about them even if you don't uh, come to the same answer or, aren't able to really come to the perfect solution is which is like, fair is that is
1: very fair totally. you're two different in different individuals but having that conversation is important.
2: Agreed. Do and you so want to talk about your?
1: I do, but I want to finish up with the last thing about that question. Sure. About like for you or like for your question about what would it take for this to to for us to be like, nope, this is not working, would be to have exhausted all resources. You know, to have had the conversations about whether it's about money or children or sex or family, whatever it was. If you try therapy, if you try meditation, if you try going on vacation together, if you try Diana's suggestion of working on yourselves and not on the relationship for a while and then coming back together, it's if you've had the conversations and you've been open to each other and you've tried and you are still not happy together. If it is affecting your other relationships or your work or your self-worth, whatever it is, if you've been open with each other and tried. And obviously that line of like what is trying, that's to every individual relationship, who knows what that is. But to me, that's what interest me about that like how far will we go to me it's a little bit more about how hard will we try mm. yeah so my question to answer your question my question what it, it's a little bit more obtuse because i don't really know how to word it and you and i've sort of bandied this back and forth so i have these health issues which right now i'm relatively healthy i'm in the middle of where i have Yay. been yeah i'm in the middle i've definitely been much healthier i've definitely been much worse when i'm worse i'm out of work and i'm homebound and it's gray and it's hard for people. So I guess my question for a potential spouse was if shit gets worse again, if I'm out of work and I'm home all the time and I can't participate in social events, um, how patient will you be with understanding me? Because I will try to be as patient as I can with a person I'm in a relationship with. I've gone through this with a lot of friendships. You and I had a great conversation last week when I wasn't feeling well and things got tense between us. And the next day we had an amazing relationship, amazing conversation that I felt made us a lot closer, that you understood me more and I understood you more. And now we know a better way to go forward together. That is going to happen in my marriage, whenever it happens. Um, So it's my question. Probably numerous times. Probably many times. So my question is, and I don't, it's a little obscure, but it's sort of... How patient can somebody really expect to be with me when things get worse? Because I have to sort of assume that my body is going to be worse than it is right now. So I guess that's my question.
2: Yeah. It's a weird one. And and I think understanding um, from both ends all of the emotions that are going to come up. As a result of right. the issues that present themselves, and acceptance
1: is a huge part of it. Like we've talked about, there's going to be a lot of things with my health and a relationship that are not things that can be that can be changed. They're just going to have to be accepted. If you go out and I camp that night, we both just have to accept that maybe we'll be a little bit sad because we won't be together. But whatever, you know that that's life. So yeah,
2: a lot of big questions to ask when you're getting so married. People. And there's uh, so yeah, these articles are interesting. Didn't and on there's the list. yeah, there's so more on the website.
1: Check it out. Yeah,
2: uh, we're going to take a quick. Break. Uh but first we want to remind you that you can go to Virgala in uh the village. Uh both villages. And both villages in Greenwich Ave twenty eight Greenwich Ave and one eleven East Seventh Street for a free round of Prosecco through uh with any order through Sunday.
1: Just mention Love Bites Radio. You gotta order something, but I've a free round on us and the owner, Joseph Morazzo, a past guest.
2: Also, um, we're, we've been like trying to figure out how many people are actually listening to our show. Is there
1: anybody listening? Is,
2: there's, there's like, my mom is out there right now. <laughs> there like the only one. Um, so if you are listening, send us a tweet right now and let us know that you're listening um, at Love Bites Radio, Or an
1: Instagram or a Facebook message.
2: Or an email to LoveBytesRadio at gmail.com and uh, let us know. Say hi. Yeah, say hi. Let us know what you think. Um, and lastly, we just want to pimp one more time Anthony Raymond's play um, a past guest of ours uh, with his company Elsinore County it's called yeah I met this girl it's running through Valentine's Day uh, Friday through Sunday and you can uh, find tickets and more at www.elsinorecounty.com we will be back very soon
0: Way outside, for madness.
2: Keeping everybody on the making it so hard to keep our balancing between the people. We
1: by Zuli. You're listening to Love Bites. We'll be back in a second.
0: Vergola is a unique oyster bar and Italian wine bar founded in New York City. They're known for their daily selection of fresh oysters and also offer a variety of crudo,
2: caviar, and imported salumi and cheeses. Vergola features an exclusively Italian wine list, which is highlighted by their own Vergola Prosecco and Vergola Spumante Rosé. For menu, location, and more information, visit vergolausa.com.
1: There we are. They we're back. Yes. We're, we're back. Woohoo. Hi, guys. Um, so, before we get into our last segment of the day, uh, la- Ben, we had an amazing show last week with Lisa Phillips.
2: She's awesome. She's
1: amazing. So, she wrote this book, Unrequited Women in Romantic Obsession. She was on the show last week. You can hear that show on heritageradionetwork.org or on iTunes. But we had more questions for her. And so, we sent her five. We narrowed it to five most pressing questions. And she answered beautifully and at length. So, that post just went up on lovebitesradio.com. Why are you looking at me quizzically, Benjamin?
2: Because I haven't seen the answers yet. No, he
1: hasn't, because <laughs> I put it up this morning. So, like, I scheduled it this morning. So, the questions are there, and she wrote really beautifully. She's such a good writer. She said, like, even in her email responses, like, damn, this woman can write. She's I can't wait to read them. She's very smart, and she's very lovely, and hopefully we're going to have more from her down the line. But uh, her publisher, Harper Collins, are being awesome. They are going to give away a copy of the book.
2: Oh, snap.
1: Oh, snap. So here's what you got to do. We're going to do our first contest here on Love Bites. You have to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.
2: Everyone's already done that already. Okay. So if
1: you've already done that, that's fine. But if you haven't, you have to do that. And then you have to send us a message on a picture or a Facebook message or a tweet about something that you liked or a question or whatever about the segment with Lisa, if you listen to it or what's on our website right now, just something you've learned or loved about unrequited love from the book or a question you might have for us or Lisa, so we can keep the conversation going. Right. That sounds good.
2: Sounds great to me.
1: And then hashtag unrequited love. I'm sorry. Unrequited just unrequited. And if you're already following us, just send again, send us that message. Right.
2: I can't wait to see what all the messages are.
1: There are going to be a lot of messages. <laughs> I hope. We hope. So it, the contest starts now, and it goes through the show next Sunday, and uh, next Monday. So basically, we're going to put all the... You get an entry for each social media account that you use. So you, so you can do all three and get That's three Three entries. chances. Three chances to win book. this book. Um, and then we're going to put your names in, and on the show next week, we're going to pick a name, and then we'll contact you via that whatever social media platform to win. Sound good? It's a really good book.
2: It is it is good. I'm not even, like, a big reader, I don't read, tell like, the
1: ladies that ben you why
2: wanna... all right i read plays i listen I, i'll, I'll quote them, i'll plays. read them i'll quote them shakespearean sonnets okay that's very
1: sexy <laughs> that is very sexy
2: um but i'm just um, not like a big like okay. self-help that's book fair. reader well, I, don't or find, like, I don't call like, it a
1: self-help book i would just say it's nonfiction.
2: Nonfiction. it's okay. really good
1: but it's really it's interesting excellent it, it is really excellent
2: and so. fascinating and insightful i
1: made ben give away his copy but i'm keeping mine um so yeah so if you want to win one <laughs> that's how you can win it uh if you just want to just buy it amazon goodreads barnes and noble it's all there um so that's that so ben for our final show today so it's valentine's day soon and people are going to be shopping
2: uh, yeah for, for
1: toys and, and people things. are
2: going to be shagging
1: people are going to be shagging and then people are going to be on the 15th like shit how do i get this out of my sheets
2: Ew. ew
1: so let's share our grossest um our grossest laundry story. You go
2: first. I'm not going first. I have
1: to go first.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So mine's and, probably <laughs> grosser <than> yours, <laughs> so, so in a so. nutshell, I was living in Cincinnati, and I was for the summer. Uh, I had moved out of my apartment. And I was staying with friends in their house, and I had a guy that I met on Match.com who was going to fly out to meet me.
2: Fly out to meet you from first meeting. meeting From
1: New York City. So I basically had for a first meeting, I basically had said that, like, hey, I'm going back to New York in a month, so I was looking at guys in New York. And this guy, we quickly went, it's so delightfully juvenile. We went from, you know, emailing to talking on the phone for hours, and he wanted to fly out to meet me. So I was like, cool. So that weekend I happened to be house sitting for another friend. And so I borrowed sheets from the people I was staying with and let's just say it was not like a love connection as far but i had this guy who flew out to meet me and so certain things were assumed you like and ob- you like, had like obligatory
2: sex with him i really did that's really kind of it was like, awful was, that you was, felt like you yeah, had to do that i did
1: i was like 28 and it, the guy had flown across the country and also i was unsure and so sex is one of those things that will it's a clear delineator between interested and not interested does that
2: mean all i have to do is fly across the country to get laid
1: I don't know. Uh, anyway, so... So, anyway, my favorite lubricant stained the sheets.
2: Ooh. Which and, lubricant is that? Uh,
1: at the time, it was pink. It's called pink. Um, it was a silicone-based lubricant. Okay. And so there were stains on the sheets that I was sort of half paid attention to and I washed the sheets and I brought them back to my friend's house and then I noticed that they threw away the sheets and I was so embarrassed and we never talked about it did
2: you not but notice like when you brought I them back that there did. were still I stains sort of did. I did didn't care
1: I feel I want to say that I was only 28 so I was young but I do feel like I was just young and stupid and I'd only been single for like a year out of the 10 year relationship I was like catching up I didn't even like n- had never noticed before that the sheet they were like peach colored sheets so they, that you could see everything <sighs> so anyway so I, I did a little googling about how to uh how to a clean silicone lube out of sheets and there's very few options like basically the, the 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 moral of the story is buy water-based lubricant but if you do buy um or a ton
2: of sheets if you really like the silicone. Sheets.
1: but if you do buy silicone based bl- or blends um so the one that i loved was at pink dot uscom it's really beautiful it looks like in a cologne bottle and it's like really silky and smooth and mm. it makes like it makes touching any part of the body feel amazing. So it is really, in my in my limited opinion, an amazing silicon based lipid.
2: I don't feel like your opinion is that limited. But, I don't know.
1: <laughs> but if you, if you do get it on your sheets, um, the experts say to actually use adult toy cleaner, like a wet keep-it-clean or a pure, that's P-J-U-R, med-clean.
2: Where do you get these?
1: Um, you can get them, I mean, online. Uh, okay. Yeah, on their websites or on Amazon. Like, but, but basically, like for getting silicone-based stains out, you have to do it very quickly. But like these cleaners are the best you like pre-treat with them and then you toss them in your wash if you are using a water-based lube it's a little bit easier you can use oxyclean only if the stain is really fresh once it's dried don't bother um but you can put like some white vinegar around the edges and then like scrub it with some salt you can use windex which has the ammonia in it that helps just be careful because it's blue um windex on
2: the sheets this is the lengths we go to to use (laughs) lube
1: And then uh, I found out that Pink does make a water-based lube that's glycerin-free. So you can get that, too, at PinkForUs.com. And then the other ones that I found that I'm going to pick up because they have the best ratings on the internet are the Sliquid H2O, which is at Sliquid.com, which is water-based and paraben and glycerin-free, and it's hypoallergenic, and it's vegan and all that crap. And then there's the website Adam and Eve that makes adult toys, which evidently has a really amazing um, water-based lube that's only $10. So in general... From my lesson of my friends throwing out the sheets, which we've never discussed and will never discuss. Um,
2: I hope they're buy listening.
1: Buy water. I really hope they're listening. Lubricant. And maybe don't let a guy fly across the country from match.com to meet you because then you're going to have the awkward conversation about when he, in front of you, buys another ticket to come and visit you again when you already know you don't want to see him. That then you're going to have the conversation too Or you days could later. just be
2: honest about the you fact could, that you don't want him to it come could back. just
1: be honest. Let's just say I learned a lesson, <laughs> but I basically two days later had to tell him, nah, cancel that ticket. Ooh, it was bad. Ooh. It was so. So bad. Anyway, buy water-based gel- lube is the moral That's of the, the
2: story. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Alright, here's my story, which is really disgusting oh, and terrible, terrible Bring thing it out, that I did. Alright, so my, I was dating this girl in college she I lived with three other guys and my girlfriend had already basically hooked up with like all the three other guys. We we had this very incestuous sort of yeah, circle of friends. College. Should we that, should we pump our university <laughs> right yeah, now? By you know, the way, we, I was I was you know, twenty years old.
1: Things you do when you're twenty, it's
2: fine. So anyway, she was my girlfriend at this time, but one of my other roommates like still had a thing for her. And it was summertime, and so she and I were up at our Off campus apartment over the summer, and everyone else was like back home with their families. And my roommate, who had a thing for her, was also like came from like the wealthiest family. So, like, me and I, and like the other guys who lived in my apartment, had like twin size beds, and oh, he had this no. like big queen size bed. Where this is going. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, it's terrible. So, she and I decided to like, you know, do our thing. And sl- your just like sleep, bench. we went. We decided to sleep in his bed. Sleep, quote unquote. One thing led to another. Of course. Who knew it was going to happen? Right. Wow. Right. Shocker. Totally. A total. Total shock to both of us. And uh, we had sex, and then like we didn't realize until after that she was on her period or it like just started I just want to throw this out there period. that a lot of
1: times we just hope that our periods are not starting. We're like, "All right, this is basically like I'm not on my period right now, but if you put a penis inside me, it's probably going to make things go faster." I just- ladies if you're listening and you've experienced that like question mark in your head, I just want to there're more of us. We've experienced that question mark in your head and you never know which way it's going to go. But so, you know, all right. So anyway, I feel so- like a
2: degenerate heathen telling this story. But anyway, the the period happened. fluids <laughs> got on the sheets and then went through the sheets and stained the mattress
1: of my friend's bed who had a crush on my girlfriend. Did you just flip the mattress and walk away?
2: It it was like a pillow top, kind of like... Yeah, you couldn't flip the mattress. And... So, so what did
1: you, wait, so before you tell us how to clean a mattress, what did you do in that circumstance? So
2: first, we just you like tried to mattress. like wipe it with water, <laughs> and it, that didn't work. So then we tried like OxyClean and OxyClean kind of like spread it. It, it spread it a little yeah. bit, but it, and it like made the color of the like blood go away, but it could still like it clearly tell it, yeah. that there was oh. a stain there. So I've done my research as well as to like. I will never do that again. I will never do
1: it again either with a friend's borrowed sheets.
2: But ha- if I were to just by happenstance fall into that situation, now I know that on a mattress, dried blood stains can be treated by making a paste okay. of one quarter cup hydrogen peroxide.
1: Right, because that mi- kills bacteria.
2: Mixed with a tablespoon of liquid dish soap and table salt. Okay. You rub this into the stain. Okay. Allow it to sit until it's dry before scraping the residue off. Dab at any remaining stain. This is like <laughs> the actual instructions here. <laughs> Dab at any remaining stain with a white rag dipped in hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide, rotating the rag as the stain lifts off. Using a white rag prevents dye transfer from the cloth to the mattress. No hydrogen peroxide? Make a paste of meat tenderizer and water instead.
1: Oh, so it's like pink salt, basically. Yes, the
2: tenderizer's okay. enzymes will dissolve the blood's protein right. When you take
1: your sheets off your mattress, are there stains on your mattress? No. You just looked at me and I'm feeling really
0: disgusting <laughs> right now.
1: Because <laughs> between an ex-boyfriend who sweat a lot, and between being ah, a girl with a period, and between having a dog who occasionally throws up and so I immediately cl- clean my sheets, but I feel like I need to burn my mattress and start over.
2: You Have you ever even attempted to clean your mattress? Yeah,
1: but there's still... Rings of various color. I'm going to tell one on last it.
2: story about my bringing my sheets to the cleaners. <gasps> yes, you have
1: to tell it, and then we're going to go, we
2: promise. <laughs> because <laughs> the story I've, is really great. I brought, all right, so this same girlfriend actually I was with like two years later, and like she, we had like she, I was living in New York, she came to visit, we had like a sex weekend marathon, she brought my stained sheets to the like laundromat to have them done and dropped them off, and then when she went to go. Picked them up. Like the nice lady who worked there said to her, "Oh, on your sheets, I got all of the cat piss stains off." <laughs> <laughs> so, just Yay. if any time anyone ever questions what's uh, what the stains are on your sheets, just say it's it's my cat it's peed my on them. It's my
1: cat pee everywhere. And if you want more, there's actually a Heritage Radio Network show, "Ask a Clean Person," and Julie Kerr does have a great uh, episode about lube and things on there. So definitely check that out. Um, before we say goodbye, so yeah, Valentine's Day is Sunday. I just want to give a shout out. I've had the same Valentine for 16 years. It's a girlfriend of mine. She knows who she is. We went out on Valentine's Day when we were together at the University of Connecticut in 2000. And every year since then, we have sent each other something even if it's just a card or last year she sent me this amazing fleece fleece shirt that i still wear because we were both perpetually cold and i kind of
2: wish she was my valentine she's an awesome awesome she's person. mine all right you cannot okay have her.
1: i already i already have a card that's quite perfect and i love her so valentine i have no idea what i'm doing on valentine's day i honestly don't give a shit but i feel very lucky that i have this woman in my life who's my valentine
2: i don't have a valentine so if anyone out there wants to like go on a date with me on valentine's day email us at lovebitesradio at com. And uh, maybe we'll. Uh, and Ben's got very together. good
1: taste in food and drink. So if you want, like, a last minute, yeah, a little love connection for Valentine's Day, do that. So, uh, so that is our show for today. We have a couple things to say before we leave. First is that uh, next week we have um, a very exciting guest for us, uh, Andre Mack. He's a former sommelier for Thomas Keller at both uh, the French Laundry and Per Se, and he's the owner of Moutin Noir Wines. He's the number one African American winemaker in the entire country. Damn. And he's going to talk to us about being badass in the wine world and having a very new little baby here in Brooklyn with his wife so Aww. we're excited about that um, and we also did this thing where on Friday Ben and I decided to just send a shitload of messages on OkCupid and see what happened so we're going to report back on that next week that's going to be our main segment next week
2: Jacqueline might have gotten a couple more responses than me
1: getting a more, res- more responses. so we're going to talk about the responses that we got the numbers and if they li- have led to anything so we're, that's our main segment next week so we're going OkCupid by the numbers But the saddest thing is that we have to raise a glass because our beloved engineer for the past 20 shows, Liz Smith, is leaving us to work at Bloomberg and to teach idiots like us about money through podcasting. So we've and I my glass is empty, but let's my glass raise, is not
2: and it's raised and there's no doubt she's going to be an incredible success there. Liz. She's going to do wonderful things
1: over at Bloomberg, but she has been made like coming to Bushwick every Monday that much more awesome. And we really do mean that. And selfishly, I'm very sad about this selfishly because I don't want to spend time with anybody else here. But Liz, thank you for your thunderclaps and for your smiling face. And for just being really um, awesomely supportive of our show as we figure this stuff out as we go. Cheers, Liz. So cheers to Liz. So Thank for you. the last, yay! There's see, there's her voice. People, she's lovely. So for the last time, our engineer was the most badass engineer in all of New York City, Liz Smith, and our theme song was "You Better You Bet," covered by Robbie Gill. And we are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt. We will be back at the same time next week here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Later.